we're talking about the victorious lifestyle of thanksgiving. And we started last week talking about how that thanksgiving, as you cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving, we talked about how that it will connect you to the grace of God, which is the finished work of Christ. It's all the blessings of God. And we started talking about how that worked. So there's two roads. And as we said before, there is no place between being thankful and being unthankful. So you're, you could almost put a line through the middle of that and say you're either in one of two places. There is no neutral ground. If you're living out of your flesh, what does that mean for us as a Christian? It means that you're looking at natural things. You're, you're focusing on your circumstances and your natural things. What that's going to produce, it says to be carnally minded is death. But what it produces is pride. You'll start trying to depend on yourself to make things happen when all the time it is literally the grace of God that is to work in your life and provide everything for you. And if you do that, you will end up being unthankful for things. You'll, you'll get in some roadblocks. Remember, we mentioned two. We probably are going to get into some of these and maybe take some time with this. But a big roadblock is I deserve it. Right? You know, I'm not thankful because I just deserve it. You got to get that out of your life. I'm so thankful that I didn't get what I deserve. If you're, not, if you're not there tonight, study the word, you'll be very thankful that none of us get what we deserve, right? Because when you're unthankful, what happens is you're relying on your own influence and your own ability, your own strength, and that is not designed to be enough. But oh, if you'll live out of your spirit, what that means, you're spiritually minded, you're paying attention to spiritual things. You're not moved by what you see. You're moved by what you see in God's word. What happens is it causes you to walk in humility. Humility is, is literally walking in the truth and reality that without God I can't do anything, period. But you might say, well, I can do some things. Well, yeah, but God calls that nothing. Because being a success in life is following his plan. Remember, he owns you over three times. He owns you by right that he's your creator. He created you. He owns you by right that he sustains you. Do you know if he decided to not let your lungs work, which, are, which belong to him, you would not be on this planet much longer. He sustains us. But then the real good thing is he owns us by right of redemption. Jesus ransomed us out of the delegated influence of darkness, under the curse of the law, in spiritual death, Right? He paid the price and took us out of the kingdom of darkness. And he, he literally put a new spirit in us, put us in the kingdom of God, and now we're his. That's the reality of our life. So if we walk with this, a byproduct, you're going to be very thankful. And thankfulness is going to connect you to the victory and triumph and blessing. The thankfulness actually puts things in motion that bring to pass your victory, your blessing, all these things that God has provided for you by his grace. Unthankful, you'll never be able to get there. Being thankful is the key because what it does is it connects you to God's influence and God's ability, which is the grace of God. I want to tell you, here's the thing. You've got to cultivate, cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. How do you start? I would encourage you to get a notepad and get a, get, get, get a pen and start 
Maybe, maybe make, have a different piece of paper for each area of your life. You know, your, your spiritual life. What are you thankful for? Make a list. Your physical life, your health, your body, all this stuff. What are you thankful for, right? Maybe you could even uh, put, a, put a list in there of your friends or your, your initial family, your wife, your husband, your kids, and then go from there and start to look at every arena, your ministry, your career, your job, whatever, and, and literally ask the Holy Spirit to help you and start to look at all that you have, have to be thankful for, right? I mean, even just tonight, the ability to come here, I mean, was it brutal when we couldn't even come here? Right? I mean, I am so glad you're here. Because talking to a camera with no people here, that was not really fun. There was a grace, but we're just so thankful. Aren't you glad you're saved? You know, in a very short period of time, we're going to be with Jesus. We're just not here that long. Right? We have a lot to be thankful for. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. We've been looking at this verse. It says here, but thanks be to God. I love this. Which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Say this with me. But thanks be to God. Which gives me the victory. Through our, Lord Jesus Christ. through our Lord Jesus Christ. But thanks be to God. Which gives me the victory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad you've been given the victory? Yes. Notice you've been given the victory through Christ. Isn't that good news? Now if you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, this is another foundational scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 in verse 14. Look at this verse. It says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes, always causes us to triumph. Whereat? In Christ. We're going we're gonna to probably go through some scriptures in Christ tonight. Because you know you're in Christ. And he doesn't sometimes cause you to triumph. He always causes you to triumph in Christ. In other words, there is no loss. There is no defeat in Christ. But you could say, well, gosh, it sure looks like it. No, no, no. You're just looking at outside natural things, which the spiritual truths in Christ change those things. So you don't ever have to be defeated. Why? Because he wasn't defeated. Amen. Right? Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Let's say that. Now thanks be unto God. Say that with me. Which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Now thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph in Christ. In Christ, right? This is big. And now look at this, and makes manifest the savor or the fragrance of his knowledge by us in every place. In other words, you, everywhere you go, your father will cause the smell of victory and triumph to come off of you. Do you know what that is? That's the anointing. It changes things. Hallelujah. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph. I love that. So as we said this before, see, the reason why we have to go and follow, we, ha we always have to look 
and live our life through our spirit, not our flesh. The reason why is because what you see, see, you can't move in a direction that you don't see. And, and what you will see, what you look at long enough, you'll start looking to, it'll start becoming your source. What you see, though, doesn't move you until you say what you see. Because what you say is what moves you, not what you see. Life and death is in the direction, the power, the direction of your tongue. So don't ever, don't, don't ever be deceived with that. It's what you're seeing is not going to move you, but if you look at the wrong thing long enough, you'll start speaking it, and then what you say will move you. And that's why God is like, listen, you hold fast to the confession of your faith without wavering because, right, he was faithful, that promise. Right now, Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, he's watching over his word to perform it in our lives. So he's faithful. So we've got to be careful with this, right? As we look at these two verses, we see that thanksgiving, we see that victory and we see that triumph are all connected. Remember, we've said that. We've said all these things the last several weeks. Those truths need to go deep in your heart. If you're not living a life of thanksgiving, you're living life out of your own strength because you're unthankful. If you want to change an area of your life, Get thankful in it. If you want to move yourself from being a hearer of the word to being a doer of the word, start being thankful. Right? See, the Bible talks about, it's real interesting, one of the first commandments with promise is children, obey your parents. Right? But then it goes on and it talks a lot about children, you honor and obey your parents. So it's not just about, okay, I'll do what you said, but I'm doing it with the wrong attitude. No, no, no. Honor is a big part of that. As a child grows up and becomes a young man or a young lady and is no longer under the influence of their parents, they don't have to obey their parents anymore, but they always have to honor their parents, right? This is why the Bible even talks about as we sow into the kingdom of God, as we, as we serve him, as we give finances, whatever we do, we do it with honor. Why? Honor and thanksgiving are tied. They're so tied together. So this is a huge thing. So then we jumped over, it seems like in every service, I've been going here, but go to Romans chapter 5 and verse 17, because this is huge. Romans 5, 17 is huge. See, we've got to realize something has to happen in me to increase my capacity to receive from God. And that something is thanksgiving. It has to happen in me. So Romans chapter 5 and verse 17. Let me jump over here. Hallelujah. It says, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more, actually, it, it would read so much more you can't even compare it, they which receive, again, they which lay hold and continue in and grow in the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. So I have to continue and grow in my knowledge of knowing who I am in Christ, that I've been made the very righteousness of God in him. But I must continually grow in the abundance of grace, right? Grace is that divine deposit that, that he was placed in me that literally causes me to walk in an inward strength and it manifests out of me in God's ability. 
It's amazing. You can see the very ability of God as the grace of God manifests out of me in the form of healing my body, divine provision for my life, strength, joy, wisdom. You can actually see his divine influence in my life and its reflection out of my life as you see things happen and change in my life. We have not talked about this enough in the body of Christ. The grace of God is so, so very important because this is what, this is what Thanksgiving connects you to. And this is why we must be so thankful. We need these outward manifestations of God's ability. We need to see that. Because I could tell you, none of us have the ability within ourselves to produce the results that God has called us to produce in this life. Because he didn't call us according to our ability. He called us according to his ability. So, so who we are in ourselves. See, you could sit there and go, well, well, you know, gosh, come on. I mean... Give me a little break. No, no, no. See, human beings, we were not created so low that we were to live our life apart from him. We were created to do everything with him. Isn't that amazing? The angels of God looked at that and says, what is man that you are mindful of him? Right? I mean, they're kind of looking at this going, God, what are you doing? You are literally making them as close to you as you can. We're his kids. And in just the way the Trinity operates, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the three who operate as one, they never do things independent. God the Father always is the one that comes up with the plan. Jesus, the Son of God, is always the one that carries out the plan. The mighty Holy Spirit is always the one that reveals the plan. Right? I mean, it's amazing. So what God has called you to do, he hasn't called you to do it alone. <coughs> Wherever you're at right now, do not try to do your job or your career or your ministry do not try to do that in your own strength and in your own ability. Do it in the strength of God and in his ability. Amen? So this is a big thing. This is huge. And remember, as we went, we went to verse 21 a lot of times. Go to verse 2 right now in Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 2. This is huge. It says, therefore, I'll, look, I'll start in verse 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And by whom, or through our Lord Jesus Christ, we have access by faith into the grace that causes us to stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. It's the grace of God that causes me to having done all to stand, I stand. His grace, his strength, his ability. See, as I grow in grace, it literally is a divine deposit in my spirit that causes inward strength. So now I am not afraid where I'm going. I'm not afraid where I am. All things become possible. Now I'm like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's like, listen, king, if you throw me in the fire, whatever, because my God is able and he will deliver me, but if you don't throw me in, I'm not bowing. In other words, you, you, you don't govern me. Does that make sense? You're not my source, you're not my strength, you're not my ability. The God of heaven is, and he's bigger than anything I'll ever face in life. This is huge. So I have access by faith into this grace, which causes me to stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. I'm going to see the glory of God 
all throughout my life, everything I face, I already know the end result. I'm going to see the glory of God. My life is not going to end in sickness and disease. My life is not going to end in poverty and lack. No man's going to take my life. No man is going to, because I'm, I'm in the secret place. I'm in an inaccessible place of refuge. He holds me. And see, the grace of God is this divine deposit in my heart that's a result of me living out of my spirit. It's a result of me living humble before God, and I'm thankful, and it connects me to this grace which causes me to stand. It literally brings the divine influence. All that Jesus provided for me in redemption, it brings it right into my life. And as it comes into my spirit, everything about my spirit is to reflect. God doesn't deposit things in your spirit that are just supposed to be there and nobody's supposed to see them. No, everything reflects how that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, even with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Why? Because God was with him. The Bible says they gave glory to God when Jesus was used by God to heal people. They gave God glory. Why? Because God was reflecting. This is why Jesus said, listen, Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm not the one doing the works. The Father's the one doing the works. What is that? See, why, why was Jesus full of grace? You see it reflecting in his life all the time. Miracles, signs, wonders, that is to follow your life. All things possible to him who believes. I love that. Hallelujah. By whom also we have access by faith into the grace which causes us to stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. This is a huge thing. So jump over to 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 18. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God wants to take us farther in this. Hallelujah. You know, I'm just so thankful for you guys. You know, because you work hard all day, and you come here and you're hungry for the things of God. Man, God's depositing things in you in these services that you have no idea. Those spiritual impartations, oh, you're catching a lot, but a lot more is caught than what you even think are, you're being taught right now. Man, I'm telling you, God's depositing some great things in you. Hallelujah. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, I believe. Yeah, look at this. It says, but grow in grace. But grow in grace. Wow. This is an ongoing work. It's not a one-time event. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. But grow in grace. Can you pull that up in the Amplified? The Amplified says, has, when you see parentheses in the Amplified Bible, it's, these are called parenthetical definitions. And what they do is they're bringing out the Greek meaning of the word to expand it. That's why it's, it's amplified, right? So it says, but grow in grace, undeserved favor, spiritual strength. You're to grow in that. You're to grow in spiritual strength and recognition and knowledge and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. To him be glory, honor, majesty, and splendor, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So be it. But grow in grace. Remember, the word grace is that Greek word charis, C-H-A-R-I-S, the divine influence or God's influence on my heart, on my spirit man, 
and its reflection out of my life. See, you can't fake growing in grace. Everybody will see it. Right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1.1, right? 1.2. Jump down to verse 14. And we, and the Word became flesh, and he dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. See, see we beheld his glory. Isn't that amazing? We beheld it. Why? Because it was reflecting out of, my, out of Jesus' life. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. How would you like to have that as your life title? I wonder if you're supposed to do that. According to the word of God, you are. Well, I just need to find out God's will for my life. Well, you're welcome for coming tonight. Right? You're to be anointed. I should say it this way. You are anointed with the Holy Ghost and even with power. And you're to go about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Why? Because God's with you. Everywhere you go, God's with you. See, this series on thankfulness, hopefully it's going to show you a little bit of who you are. Because you're not just human. You're a child of God. And the, and the very Spirit of God dwells in you. Isn't that amazing? So the Bible says we're to grow in grace. So now go to 2 Timothy chapter 2 in verse 1. We're supposed to grow in grace. But now go to 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. Let's look at this. It gets even better. 2 Timothy 2.1 says... Paul talking to a young pastor, he says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Wow. Be strong in the grace. This is a huge statement. You're not only to grow in grace, but you are to be strong in grace. Where the Bible says, now, where it says here, be strong, this, this word, this Greek word literally means to be continually strengthened inwardly in the grace. Where is the grace that is in Christ Jesus? Have you noticed how much we've been talking about all these things being in Christ? Guess where you are. You're in Christ. Not you're going to grow to the point where you're in Christ. No, you're in Christ. You actually were created in, in him. You're in him right now. You're to be strong, continually strengthened inwardly by God's influence on your heart and its reflection out of your life. See, God does everything he, he's provided everything for you, but this is why Psalm 23 doesn't say, my cup is full. Because the grace of God, the finished work of Jesus, it doesn't fill you. It, it fills you and reflects. In other words, that's why your cup overflows. Whenever God's depositing something in you, it never is just for you. It's for you, and then it's to be reflected out of your life to others. Do you see why Satan tries to get believers up to here, living out of their flesh, looking at natural things, so they get in pride, which is literally they're just, they're, they're, they live in the reality that unless I do it, it's not going to be done. I have to try to figure it out. I can't sow into the kingdom of God because I just need this money. I, I only make enough for me right now, but you know, I'm gonna work really hard and then once, once I make more, then I could maybe sow. But guess what? Go ahead and do that. 
And you'll always have a, you'll always have a place for that money. Always. Things will either break down or you'll just, you're living out of your flesh, so you'll want something. Why is that? Because, see, you're looking at wrong things. Pretty soon you start speaking wrong things, and now it moves you down that road, and you'll miss God's glorious plan for you. This is why the grace of God provides everything, and it reflects out of your life. This is a huge thing. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. See, grace, it's, it's a source of power from God, from your Father, that produces inward strength. I don't even know how many years I wrote this ago, but I wrote this. Grace is a condition of God's influence along with a position of right standing with him through our relationship with him through Christ. It's not only a condition of God's influence, but it's a position of right standing with him. Why? Because of our relationship with Christ. This is a huge thing. See, grace causes you and I to grow in the knowledge of who we are in Christ. And that connects us to everything that is in Christ. How can you, how can you lay hold of something in Christ? How, how many promises of God are yes and amen? All of them, but guess where all of them are? They're all in Christ. But if you don't gain knowledge of what is in Christ, you could never lay hold of them. So as you lay hold of the grace, because you're thankful, guess what? The grace of God will cause you to grow. As you grow in grace, you grow in your knowledge of who you are in Christ. Pastor, wow. I could tell you right now, this revelation has been growing in me since about 1993. So that's 28 years. Just even me saying that almost makes me want to start screaming and yelling and running around like a crazy man. And I could tell you this, I'm just scratching the surface of revelation of what that means. Because I'm telling you when, you, when you lay hold, see, when the grace of God is influencing your heart and reflecting out of your life, and, that's, and that starts growing in you, you start to know who you are in Christ and all that that means and all that, that all you've been given and all that you can do in Christ. Notice, it doesn't make you all about yourself. No, because it's in Christ. This is huge. See, so many, so many Christians, they're trying to live for God. I remember years ago when the Lord told me, Tony, will you stop trying to live for me? And will you please let me live through you? That just rocked my world, to be honest with you. Every time I say that, my whole world's rocked right now. Because even with... All that I've done in meditating in these scriptures and walking this out and all these things for all these decades, I still am blown away by that statement because I find myself still trying to live for him instead of letting him live through me. Paul let God live through him. This is a huge, this is gigantic, it's massive. Go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 in verse 10. Let's look at that. No wonder why I couldn't use my notes tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Hallelujah. It's just too good. It's too much. Too much grace. Too much goodness of God. 
I don't know about you, but right now I'm completely and utterly relying on the Spirit of God for utterance because what we're talking about is so glorious that English just doesn't do it. When I'm, when I'm speaking this, I feel like I'm on the top of an iceberg that the pinnacle is sticking out and it's this massive thing underneath that we're just like, oh my gosh, it's called the manifold grace of God. And it, and it causes you to grow in knowing who you are in Christ, which changes everything. There's no more, you're not judging anybody. You're not walking in unforgiveness. That seems so ridiculous when you know who you are in Christ. You, you are literally, like I, one minister friend of mine, he was a teacher of mine at Rhema. You guys know him, Tony Cook. You know, he, he's been here several times. We need to have him back again. He's amazing. But he said, listen, to be in the ministry for the pastor's group, he's like, you have to have the heart of a dove, the mind of a scholar, and the skin of a rhinoceros. But I'm telling you, as you grow in this, you, it just stuff goes off of you like water goes off a duck's back. Just nothing sticks. Why? Because you don't want anything outward. Nothing outward can compare to the riches of the glory of the inheritance that we have in him, in Christ. Hallelujah. Where did I tell you to go? 1 Corinthians 15, 10? Whew. I'm already thinking of 2 Corinthians 12. So <laughs> It says this in verse 10. Look at, look at what Paul says. Paul, writing to this church in Corinth, he says, but by the grace of God, by his divine influence on my heart and its reflection out of my life, I am what I am. In other words, I am what I am by the grace of God. Why? Because I'm strong in the grace of God. I'm growing in the grace of God. In other words, I'm strong in who I am in Christ. I'm growing in this. It's causing outward manifestations of his strength. And inward manifestation or inward strength, outward manifestations of his strength, power, ability, everything. It says, and his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. You could just see Paul. He's being stirred. He's like, man, I was so grateful for this grace to be bestowed upon me that I was laboring in it more. I was taking advantage more than anybody else. But then he said, oh, hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yet not I. I wasn't laboring. The, but the grace of God which was with me what is that? The grace of God which was with me. We're talking about a daily, moment by moment, second by second, minute by minute flow of the grace of God. Listen, child of God, you are supposed to, as you walk, see, doesn't it say when we peer into Jesus, we are changed into his glory, right? We're changed or changed into his image by the Spirit of God from glory to glory. If grace was a fruit or was a tree, glory would be the fruit. In other words, you are to have this divine influence on your heart is to constantly be growing and reflecting. So I'm growing in it. There's a daily, moment-by-moment -moment flow of grace. If the enemy attacks me, there's a grace to stand. If my body's hurting because he's illegally attacked me, there's a grace to stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God, knowing that by his stripes I am healed. I'm not going to die, but I'm going to live and declare his works. I'm not going under. I'm going over. Why? Because it's not me. I'm not laboring in it. It's the grace that labors in me. See, this is huge. This is, this is massive. We've got to get this. Hallelujah. So we, go, go over there. Didn't I mention 2 Corinthians chapter 12? 
Let's look at Paul some more. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Hallelujah. You guys doing okay? I'm yelling and screaming like a crazy man right now. But I'm not crazy. Filled with grace. Man, I don't know how a preacher can't preach the word. The word is so good. Well, pastor, how do I do that? I'm, this, I'm just this minister. What do I do? Just get up and read the Bible. You'll just get so excited. You'll just, something good will come out of your mouth. Verse 7. And lest I, now this is Paul talking, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation. See, Paul was given the Pauline revelation, all these epistles. He was given these revelations by Jesus himself. But it says, unless I would be exalted, in other words, to keep me from going farther than I should go, because of all these revelations I received of Jesus, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. If you study that phrase out, that was always, all throughout the Bible, thorn in the flesh was people that would come against the move of God. There was a thorn in the flesh that was given to me, and then it, that in case you want to know who gave it, it tells you. The messenger of Satan. It's amazing how people with, with higher end degrees have said that God gave Paul this thorn, but the thorn, it says it. I mean, maybe I'm just simple enough, but it says... It's a messenger of Satan. If, if a messenger of UPS comes to your house wearing a brown outfit, driving a brown vehicle, and delivers a package to you, who do you think sent him? Do, do you think FedEx sent him? No, he's, he's a messenger of UPS. So, um, see, a messenger of Satan, now this is deep for all of you theological people out there that might be watching, right? It's a messenger of Satan. So Satan sent demonic influences, and you see it all through the life of Paul, right? To buffet me. Buffet. Buffet's not fun. Blow after blow after blow, right? That's what he does. He's, he's the devil. Of course it's blow after blow, right? He's diabolos, the devil. Dia, he's trying to penetrate through something by abolos, throwing something blow after blow after blow. Guess what? Every one of us are buffeted. He throws thought after thought after thought after thought. Where do the thoughts come from? Well, he'll work on you when you're a kid. He'll use circumstances in your life. He'll attack you with things, all this stuff, to throw thought after thought because he wants to stop you. So this was happening to Paul. Lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Right? Right? Look at what God said to him. But God responds to him. He didn't say no. He said, Paul, my grace is sufficient. My grace, here's a really cool thing about the grace of God, is sufficient. That's present tense. In other words, Paul, every time a buffet comes, my grace is sufficient. Everything you ever face in life, my grace will be sufficient. Guess what? God's no respecter of persons. There will be more than enough grace for you to face anything you'll ever face in life. You don't have to fear anything. Nothing should ever move you. You are to be moved in him alone. Right? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty, right? 
I don't fear. Thousand could fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand. It won't come near me. So this is what's going on with Paul. God says to him, listen, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Why? Because the grace of God is the strength of God. He says, for Paul, my strength is made perfect in weakness. So Paul responds to this statement. He says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. It's the Greek word asthenia. Infirmities, asthenia, doesn't mean sickness. It means weakness. It literally means an inability to produce results. In other words, Paul is saying that there was this thorn, a messenger of Satan, he would come over and over and over, and he was to stop me from going further than I should go. But Paul's saying, listen, when I get in a situation and where I have within myself an inability to produce results, I glory when I have an inability to produce results. Don't you know how that is? I live in that as a pastor. I can never do, I have an inability to produce the results that I must produce before Jesus comes back. I can't do it in my own strength. More than anything, I, years ago I would say, what? What happened to you? Why would you say that? No, 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 no. It's awesome because when you experience God's strength going into you and coming out, and all of a sudden you see a body healed or a life changed, and you're just like, oh my gosh. See, when you have an inability to produce a result, rejoice because the grace of God is enough. Look at what Paul said. I'll rather glory in my inability to produce, produce results. Why? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. In other words, I'm glorying. That sounds a lot like being thankful. That sounds a lot like humility. Wow, so could it be so simple that Paul was just simply living out of his spirit because he kept his eyes on Jesus and on the word? So the word was working in him and coming out of his mouth, so it produced humility. So now he's not trying to make it happen in his own ability, and he was thankful. I'm glorying. Oh, Lord, I'm in a Philippian jail. They just beat me. You sent me here. I'm hurting, but I'm going to lift my hands as high as they'll go in these stocks, and I'm going to start praising you and praying and thanking you. Why? Because I know something. There's something that you've deposited in me that will reflect out of me. And as I believe that, what happens? The jail is shaken. Everything falls off. Notice the whole jail is shaken, but it doesn't fall. But every chain falls off people. In other words, when God shakes something, people get free. And as a result of it, the jailer and his whole family got saved. Paul and Silas were set free, right? This was a result of the grace of God. It says, verse 10, therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in my inability to produce results, in reproaches, when people reproach me, I take pleasure in it. In necessities, listen, when I find myself where lack and, and poverty is trying, where it seems like I don't have anything. See, Paul said, in every situation, I know what to do. What was it? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the grace. In persecutions, I take pleasure in persecution. See, we've been all freaked out in America because, oh my gosh, what if persecution comes? We'll take pleasure in it. It's just true. In distresses for Christ's sake, 
Why? Because when I am weak, that is when I am strong. Wow. We got to go to Acts 20, 32. Go over to Acts real quick. Keep that thought. When I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. I take pleasure in anything this world can throw at me. Because when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. Wow. Look at this. Acts 20, 32. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. The word of his grace. Are you getting built up tonight? It's able to build you up, but that's not enough, and give you an inheritance. See, you can't handle your inheritance until you're built up, because it's way too big. Is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Wow. Hallelujah. In other words, grace produces inward strength which in turn produces victory in every test, in every trial, in every circumstance of your life. In Christ, I commend you to God. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news? I was created in Christ. I was sanctified in him. Life Faith, peace is all in him. All the promises of God are in him. I, all my sanctification, this, what being sanctified is you are set apart for the master's use. That all happens. It's all in Christ. Oh, I'm telling you, get ready. Because we're finding out this, what happened on that cross almost 2,000 years ago is much greater than what, what's been preached. But it's going to be preached. And it's going to be demonstrated. Amen. In and through your lives. Amen. 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 Let me pray for you. Father in the name of Jesus. We thank you so much. We thank you Father. We thank you Lord Jesus. We thank you almighty Holy Spirit. For your grace that divine influence from you on our heart and its awesome reflection out of our lives. This, this incredible inward strength, this incredible wisdom and knowledge that it brings to us of who we are in Christ. Oh, Father, we thank you tonight that we can do all things through Christ which strengthens us. We thank you tonight that all things are possible to us because we believe you. Your word says in Isaiah 53, 1, who will believe the report of the Lord? We say tonight, we will and we do and we always will. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we thank you tonight that you work with this word and you confirm it with signs following. We thank you tonight that every area of weakness in our lives, which is a result of us trying to do things at our own strength, we give it up. We walk away from it. Holy Spirit, show us these areas. Lead us out of that into this place of grace, this position of grace.